We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, episode 61 with Jason Bodnar, part two. This is part two of my interview with Jason Bodnar. Thank you for joining us on Transformative Principle today. I learned a ton from him today. What I learned the most, we're going to talk about what he's doing to get clubs going at his schools, at his school. What he says is that you can never have too many clubs for your kids, and that is a great way to look at life. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Also, if you are interested, please join our Slack team for Transformative Principles. There's a link in the show notes. Just scroll down to the bottom and then click on join the transformative Slack team. Slack is a way to communicate with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways. Um, You can upload videos and audio comments and files and all kinds of things. And it's a great way to share resources among principals in a a more private way that, you know, you may bring in some blog posts that you write, but give a little more context to in a place that's uh, filled with other principals who are trying to do awesome things like you. So hit the link in the show notes and let me know if you're interested in joining. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you're excited about at your school right now. What are the things that that your school is doing that you think are pretty cool that, um, that you definitely need to brag about? Um, you know, one thing that I take, I, I really try to work on, or I guess uh, put at the forefront for me, like I said, is is risk taking, trying new things, doing new different things. And one thing that we started last year that I helped start was uh, a new tech club. Mm-hmm. And I just really always feel that a school can never have enough clubs. <laughs> mm. A school can never have enough clubs. A school can never really have enough strong electives Mm -hmm. and um the kids in that club 
had an opportunity to try something different, start, we kind of got into some basic programming. Um, and obviously coding is kind of the, the, you know, a big to do nowadays, but I really, I really like, uh, when a school taps into those kids that aren't, I guess this is because for me, I'm six foot five. You'd think it'd be a basketball player. I didn't play <laughs> basketball. And you know, those kids that, that, that need something different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that, um, I, I was really lucky to be able to, to help start at our school. And, you know, I, I'm really trying to, uh, work with the faculty and, and the other administration to continue to see what else can we do to keep pushing things forward. I, you know, I'm ready for, um, some video announcements would be a great thing. Mm-hmm. And those types of things where the students are in the forefront and, and it's not just, uh, not just the the leadership and 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 the kind of the norm, you know, the announcements on the PA. Um, one thing I, I we've actually moved to, and this might seem kind of silly, but I still think it's important for for student culture is uh, we have a, a dance every nine weeks, um, and I'm lucky enough to get to DJ the dance. What? And we just had one uh, yesterday, and you know that's. It's like, well, whoop de doo you guys have dances. You know, I, I, I've been pretty pumped about being able to DJ the dance. And, you know, we, always, we always used to bring in an outsider for that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just the kids get to see you in a different light. And, and I think that's really important, even being a little bit silly. Yeah. Um, and and I, I really like that. Um, it's not the type of thing maybe that's, uh, you know, you're going to write a book about or whatever, but... I think a principal, I think principals need to be comfortable being a little bit silly, having a good sense of humor and connecting with the students and teachers that way, being a human being. And um, especially, like you, I'm sure you can relate to it at the middle school level. Yeah, um, absolutely. They, they need to see you uh, being a little bit goofy, I think, in order to, to, to connect with you. Yeah, um, I think you probably could write a book about DJing a middle school dance. I mean, we <laughs> had we had a dance last night also, and we <laughs> actually have a a student who is the he's pretty much the standard DJ for all of our dances, and he rocks. I mean, he's so good, and it's he just loves doing it and is super motivated to be a part of it. And last night, I told him that we need to get him a one of those cool DJ turntable apps on the iPad so that he could Mm -hmm. really do it like a real DJ. And, uh, he was pretty excited about that prospect. I don't know how we're going to make that work with like music licenses and all that kind of stuff, but (laughs) it's something that we can at least figure out. So I think that's, um, I think that's awesome that you're the DJ. So, So he's, so he's in middle school and DJing your dances. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's way cool. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just loves doing it. And he uh, last night was dressed like a with a like a vest and a white shirt unbuttoned <laughs> the second button unbuttoned. So he looked uh, he just looked the part. It was it was great. Um, so you were talking about having clubs and activities. What are some of your suggestions for starting um, some clubs if you can never have too many? How does what would be your advice for getting those going? Um, do you mean like just what types or just how to even do it at all? No, like, I mean, where do you start? How do you know that kids want a tech club? How do you know there's going to be interest in that? How do you 
figure out what's going to be appealing to them and and focus on what what they want. Yeah, I you know, if and when I get the opportunity to be a head principal, I I know that on top of the other 500,000 things you have to yeah. do, you know the the forefront for me is getting getting that information and being really deliberate about that. Mm-hmm. And and you know, a student uh, leadership team is something that I think that has to be uh, a part of, especially at the high school level. I just don't think that you can get away with not having that. Mm-hmm. And and if you have that type of team where you've got students that are leaders at your school and, and they're gathering, you know, that inform helping gather that information. Obviously, with with technology nowadays and uh, learning management systems, you can you can survey kids so easily. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I've got a thousand kids in a school. It used to be a royal pain in the butt, you know, to get out uh, paperwork to everybody so that they could vote on whatever. But nowadays, you know, how it's just so easy. I just don't see why you wouldn't take advantage of that. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, there are some staple clubs out there nowadays, you know, um, like like we were talking about. Even you can have a club as far as uh, video announcement thing, if that isn't a, an actual course, but. Um, I just, you know, I think almost any school you're going to be able to tap into uh, different types of students that are looking for something else that's not already there. And I do think that there's a lot to be said uh, for for coding type uh, activities. A robotics club is just how can you go wrong with something that's that's something like that where they there's problem solving and kids working together collaboratively. Um, that's more my nerdy side, mm-hmm. but I, I, there's always something out there for kids. We have, we have clubs like we've got nail art club, we've got game club, we've got Minecraft club, um, we've got Spanish club, we've got guitar club, we've got current events club. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. And you know, you might have four or five kids at a club, but so what? I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's still a great thing, and. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't think you can have enough, and I think there's always going to be an adult in the building, or even, and that's a great way to connect with the community beyond the building. I know at my previous high school, uh, the principal at the time really wanted to get a robotics club going. Nobody in the building really knew much about it, so he found a, a, a parent that was willing to come in. Uh, I think it was a, an engineer, and somehow found time to come in and help lead a robotics team. Mm-hmm. And and that's an awesome way to to get the community more involved in what's going on in the school. You know, one day all of a sudden there was this random guy there. I didn't know who he was or what was going on, and suddenly we had a robotics team. And <laughs> and, that's and cool. it it was really cool to see. It was just showed me that if you're a principal and you want to do what's best for students, you're going to push and you're going to figure out how to get it done. You're not going to say, "Well, I want a robotics team, but nobody here wants to lead it." There's somebody in the community that that be willing to do that, and um, I think that was really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So, are does your school pay teachers to do clubs, or do they do it voluntarily? Is it something that's expected of them? Tell it, me about it's, that. It's definitely not expected, um, but like you know, like I said, I rambled off a, a lot of different clubs. Um, those clubs at the middle school level, for for where we're at, are are a voluntary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, when you get at the high school level, you can have more, obviously teams. And even, I was actually a a speech coach, 
uh, for the speech team, which probably isn't surprising since I'm so good at rambling for forever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, that was a really awesome experience. And I, I, you know, a lot of the times if you're a teacher and you want to be connected to students, you're not going to really have a club because you want money. And, and I think you and I both know you're not right. going to get a lot of money from from running a club anyway. You know, it's not about making money. It's about once a week, once every couple of weeks, doing something with kids that they just really enjoy. Mm -hmm. The thing about um, about clubs that you started, that you hinted at, is that they don't have to be a, a every single day after school or a certain number of times per week after school or uh, even every week. You know, they can be flexible based on what the ability of the adult running it is and what the interest level of the kids is and what you can actually do in that time period. So talk about the different ways that you can have clubs set up to meet the needs of kids. Yeah, you know, right now, I mean, this is a, a newer club that one of our teachers started up this year. We had been kind of talking about things to do. And and it, granted, some clubs are going to be more time intensive than others, more uh, almost having to build another lesson plan if you mm -hmm. really want to get something going. You can have a chess club where the kids just play chess or you can teach the kids chess. And that's that's right. going to be a completely different deal. Um, but our teach, you know, middle school, we've got a sixth grade club called Game Club where mm -hmm. the kids just come and play games once a week. And it takes basically no preparation. It's just having fun with kids. The teachers play with the kids. And the kids just need that. You know, I think sometimes we overthink it. I think... Mm -hmm. We get worried about, I don't know what we get worried about. Obviously, if you've got a team, then that's different if you're competing. But, you, you know, why not just have something where the kids can come and hang out? And a lot of the times the kids, their friends aren't in classes together. And they just want a chance to just relax after school. School's a long day. Uh, the, a lot of the times they do a lot of sitting around. I know we kind of talked before uh, off air, it's, you're in Alaska, it's like 45 degrees, so you can actually go outside. Where I'm at in Indiana, it's been below zero. Right. And uh, <laughs> so kids need something. They need an outlet, you know. Mm -hmm. And just having that uh, is, I think, really huge for kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's cool. That The club thing is something that I'm trying to wrap my head around. There are a lot more clubs here than than I ever had as a middle school student or as a middle school teacher. And so... It's, I think that it's a really good thing, and we're just trying to figure out how to provide more opportunities for students, so I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Tell me, tell the listeners about what you're doing and what, uh, why your podcast is so awesome. All right, well, my podcast, I think you talked about it a little bit earlier. First of all, of course, thank you for saying that it's so awesome, <laughs> but um, it is called Principally Speaking, and it's something that I started up um, this past June and right now it's February. So it's, it's been a little bit over half a year that I've had this. And, you know, the reasoning behind it was I, I think, um, professional development and what it used to be is completely different than what it can be now. Um, I had never blogged before. I had actually only recently gotten into podcasts at all. And, um, it's just a really cool opportunity for me to be able to talk to, just like on your podcast, you know, reach out to people that 
I, I never thought in a million years I'd be able to talk to and, and actually have on my show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, people that are well known in the educational community, and that's not just because they have charisma. Um, they've got they've got the it factor <laughs> when it comes right. to education, and when you talk to them, you want to just keep talking to them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you're given an interview and you feel like. That could have been a four-hour interview. I mean, I, I cut it off just because <laughs> right. I can't have a podcast <laughs> that goes on for forever. And, um, I, you know, I would really encourage your audience to, to if they have any interest in podcasting, uh, check out. Um, there's a gentleman named Jeff Bradbury who runs uh, mm-hmm. TeacherCast.net. He's kind of a mastermind because he's an educator and he runs his own podcast and website. Mm-hmm. He's been very helpful in the process. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. It, it kind of is continuing to grow. Um, people out there that are willing to help you build that kind of thing. And, and my podcast, you know, it kind of started with, I had this in my mind, I was only going to talk to principals. It's, only, it's called Principally Speaking. Every week I'm just going to keep talking to principals. Mm-hmm. And, and I decided that I was going to move away from that. Um. I've been able to talk to consultants and tech directors and teachers and people all across the gamut that are different but the same. And, and the way that they're the same is uh, they're just inspiring. They're always pushing themselves. Uh, they care about kids. They're, they're in it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been uh, reinvigorating for me to, to have a chance to talk with them. Um, I happen to meet uh, a gentleman named Matt Miller in Indiana, who's a really awesome Spanish teacher, and and then I was lucky enough to have him on my show. Uh, he's actually coming out with a with a book soon. Uh, he got connected with uh, Dave Burgess of uh, Teach Like a Pirate fame, mm-hmm. and he's coming out with a book soon. But he's just an awesome guy, and I've even talked to him about having our own podcast at some time. It's just the kind of people that. You want to be around. You want to talk to. They've got great ideas. Um, and, and one other thing I wanted to say, which has been really cool, is, you know, I get I, I'm I'm lucky enough that uh, it's connected me with uh, with Corwin, and they've sent me quite a bit of uh, books. And the more books that I take a look at, the more I'm inspired because they include student stories. Mm-hmm. You know. I, it, it really shows that these people aren't just out to talk about themselves. They're talking about what has been great for kids, and kids are able to share their own stories in in a professional book. And I just every time I read a book like that, I, I think to myself, if I ever get to write a book, I'm definitely going to have a segment like that where mm-hmm. the students actually get to write part of it, what you know, what their experience has been, and why it's uh, why it's been awesome for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you know, I've gone through a similar thing with with my podcast as well, where I I thought I was just going to start talking to principals, and then learned that I could help principals by speaking to others. So my last two interviews were with um, Bill Daggett and Sue Sakowitz, who work for the International Center for Leadership and Education, and their whole job is to help principals and teachers do their jobs better and getting their perspective, which was a little different than what a principal's doing was, was pretty interesting and, and exciting. And you just learn 
so much. And I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to be able to interview so many people and learn from so many different people. And then to find other podcasts that are doing similar things, um, you know, there's there's an endless number of great teachers and principals and consultants and all kinds of other people who are out there doing great work every single day. And we don't need to limit ourselves to, to, um, just those around us. You know, I believe it's Michael Hyatt who says that you're, maybe it's Dan Miller. One of those two guys says (laughs) you are the average of the five people that you are around the most. And so for me, I want to surround myself with um, great people as much as I can. And, you know, I started by tricking a really great lady into marrying me and she makes me better all the time, you know. And <laughs> and so now I I get to branch out and find other people who can help me be better. And, you know, if we focus on that and becoming better, then we will become better no matter how good or bad we are. I think we can always improve and, you know, it's inspiring to hear, hear your guests talk about what they're learning and doing to grow themselves. So I appreciate that. Tell us, tell us how to listen to that and what it's called on the website and everything and make sure we got it. Yeah. And you know, I, I, well, before I do that, I did want to say, I, I highly agree with what you're saying. I think the cool thing about having your own podcast is that in a selfish way, you know, you can grow, but at the same time you're helping others. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really cool about having a blog. You know, if you're not going to ha- anybody listening, if you don't have a podcast or don't want to do that, I'm not going to dislike you in any way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not for everybody. Yeah. But I would encourage uh, educators out there to consider starting a blog if they haven't already. I think being able to reflect in that way and putting it out there, being transparent, is is a really powerful thing. And if you're a principal. I, you know, I, I tell you right now, as an assistant principal, if, you know, any educator out there looking for jobs, it's it's cool when you get to see other people out there that are putting themselves out there and mm-hmm. have the courage to do that. And it's kind of like an online resume. Um, and it, it really shows who you are. You know, when you're applying for jobs, you've got yourself out there that way people know what you're about and yeah. and I, w- I would encourage people to try that but without rambling for forever uh, you can find my show at principallyspeaking.com um, that's where the blog and the podcast is I've got a new episode uh, I'm trying to continue to go with every Tuesday uh, for a while there I did take a little winter break for myself that's what's kind of neat about having your own show you can yep, you, you can, can do, do whatever you want <laughs> you can do whatever you want it's yours and uh, but I'm continuing to try to have one uh, every Tuesday um, as soon as you wake up in the morning, even in Alaska probably, because I release <laughs> yeah. it at like 3 in the morning uh, where I'm at, uh, it should be ready to go. But um, I do have a – I'd love to hear from from some of the, the people on your show if they, they decide to take a look at it. I've got a feedback button on there. I'm always trying to connect with, with new educators and uh, kind of branch mm-hmm. out. And if there's a um, – a principal that anybody or even anybody else in education that they would recommend for my show. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do want to just add one thing you talked about blogging and, and podcasting and reflecting and putting yourself out there educationally. Um, I am sure that the last four jobs that I got since I joined Twitter in 2008 or so, um, 
came because of my being connected. So um, not people didn't see what I did online and say, oh, we want this guy, but I was able to grow and develop in a way that made me more attractive to my potential employers um, so that when it came time for me to interview, I had the skills and and experiences to be able to to be the successful candidate. So I, I totally agree that when you put yourself out there like that, you create a digital resume, but you also learn things that that other people just aren't aren't learning. And, and I'm sure that that has helped me in my career in many ways. So my last question for each podcast is what is one thing that principals can start doing today to help them be a transformative principal like yourself? Um, it's going to be a little bit redundant, but <laughs> I think one thing that you can do if you're not already is to reflect uh, openly, uh, to be transparent. And I think that when a, t- when a teacher sees their principal um, putting that information out there and, and being willing to do so, then that that can have a huge impact on the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I guess for me, you know, no matter where I'm at, I, I try to figure out how can how can we get these people to uh, open up about where they are. You know, if you don't know where your teachers are, where the students are effectively, then you can't help people grow. And and when the leader is showing where they are and where they want to continue to grow, that builds that culture. That Absolutely. builds a culture of I am not the all all end all be all. Uh, I never will be. I am yeah. continuing to try to push myself and the and, and you know and obviously being willing to share resources. Um, these are resources that have helped me, but also uh, these are I want to hear from what you guys have to say. I think the other piece of the puzzle for successful leadership is uh, flipping that the mindset when it comes to professional development. Um, again, without not taking up a you know, not ha- so you don't have a twelve-hour episode here. Uh, I just think it's really important that we move away from sit and get professional development and and move more towards a, an opportunity for teachers to say what they need and what they want. Um, yeah and how we can get there. And, you know, one of the things I really believe in is the Ed Camp model, um, giving, giving people a chance to, to build their own professional development and take the time because we all know time is a, a rare commodity to hang on to. We've got a lot going on. And if we're wasting teachers time with professional development, they don't need, or they don't want, then that, that kills morale. So I yeah. guess it's a two-part answer to your question. I'd say open reflection and transparency, and then uh, really trying to take some chances with professional development. Awesome. I love it. Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You're a rock star. <laughs> thank you very much, Mr. Jones. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.